Well, we made it. This is number 20, episode 20 of Make Artists. And uh, I can't believe I made 20 of these. And I've made a lot and I'm tired, so I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a break over the summer. I'm going to go fishing. And then uh, I think in August we'll kick it back up. If I can find enough things to talk about, maybe there'll be some questions that you send me over the summer. I don't know. We'll see what happens and we'll put something together. But for today, I wanted to leave at the beginning, which is how I became a teacher. And this is not necessarily tab or choice space specific, but just a, a story of how I became a teacher and, and maybe you can relate to it. So without further ado, let's hit it. So I'm gonna take you back, way back, way back to the beginning when I was in college, just a little boy in the Big Apple. I went to School of Visual Arts in, in Manhattan, the 23rd Street, and I will tell you that I switched my majors in college a lot. I mean, uh, some people switch majors in college, it's probably not uncommon, but I became like a professional major switcher. I started out just with the concept of going in and being an illustrator, that's really what I wanted to do, and then I kind of, thought that wasn't as much fun as it turned out to be, but I really just make liked making art, so I wanted to become a fine artist, so I switched my major to fine art, and then at some point I decided I wanted to be a toy designer, so I switched my <laughs> major to toy design, if you can believe. I've actually tried out for a couple of toy design jobs in my third year. I actually um, was interviewed by Macy's to work on the Macy's Day Parade, but I was not hired anyway. Uh, I graduated finally and I had my illustration major again right where I back where I started and I decided I would hit the ground running with my portfolio I put together my portfolio and back then it was a lot more complicated than it is today today you can probably just put everything up online and send an email and they can go look at your portfolio back in the day you had to trek down to the city uh, to when the, the art director uh, had either made an appointment or had open times for you to drop off the portfolio and that was more common you would drop off your portfolio you'd walk around the city for a couple hours and then you'd come back and pick it up and then later on you'd find out that you were rejected and did not get a job but the idea was that you were going to keep plugging away plugging away and I did get a couple of very small illustration jobs but nothing that was going to pay the bills so my friend Kevin offered me a solution. He worked for um, BOCES in New York, which is the Board of Cooperative Services there, and they offer educational programs and services to schools and districts. So it's kind of separate. They go into the school and work with the schools. And he said to me, why don't you get a job as a teacher's assistant? It was actually a teacher aide, I think I started as. And then you can work and you'll be off by like three o'clock. Then you can go down to the city. You can walk around with your portfolio. And when you start getting enough illustration jobs, you know, you can drop the whole, you know, art, the open, that wasn't even an art teacher. It was just a teacher A position. You can drop the whole teacher A position. And I was like, well, that sounds pretty cool. So I went and I did it. And I remember that was like my first day of school all over. That was like kindergarten all over. I was walking into this elementary school and I had no idea were the kids going to like me. <laughs> and, um, you know, being a grown up doesn't change that experience. It's really, it's the same thing. And I remember stepping out of my car the first day and um, <laughs> I, I Never, I never really usually dress well, but you know, I wore a bad tie and a pair of uncomfortable shoes <laughs> and some uncomfortable, uncomfortable pants, and I walked into that uncomfortable school. But the all the kids all seemed to like knew what they were doing and where to go, so I kind of followed them. And <laughs> I was thinking, but what am I doing here? <laughs> and then when I got into the classroom, what I found was I had a big desk and I sat at it and I got to work with the kids, and it was fun. It was like super fun. And the teacher I was working with, she was great. She was so organized and structured. And it was just a great experience for me. And I thought to myself, you know what? This is this is way more fun than trekking through Manhattan carrying a portfolio. Maybe I should 
think about going into teaching. And I remember when I was at SVA, they always had a sign. Um, and, and it was posters around the school. And it, it said something like, with your BFA and 15 credits in education, you can become an art teacher. And there was a couple of different ones. I remember one was a picture of Paul Gauguin, because he didn't start becoming a painter, I guess, till later in life. So they had him like behind the uh, um, like a bank. The, the, it looked like bars in a jail, but he was supposed to be a bank. And it was like, it's never too late kind of a thing. Paul Gauguin, if Paul Gauguin can start, he, he started out as a bank clerk and then became an artist. You can do it too. So I kept thinking about that. You know, I had my BFA. So all I needed was 15 credits in education and student teaching and I could do this. So I talked to my friend Kevin again and he was like, why don't you go get your master's at the College of New Rochelle? Now the College of New Rochelle doesn't even exist anymore. It closed down. But I, I decided to do that. So I applied and I got in and um, so that was great um, I went in and I had to sit down at the dean's at the dean's office and I had to talk to her I remember this experience I, I assume I was already accepted but I think she was trying to figure out how to place me or whatever and and the first question she asked she just sat me down and she looked and this is like a, a very strict kind of you think of the prim and proper college dean with the glasses and the gray hair and kind of a stern face and she says so tell me why you want to become an art educator and I just blurted out because it's fun and she burst out laughing in my face and and then she was like oh oh you're serious like I guess she didn't expect that answer to come out of me but that's why I wanted to do it I was excited because I liked doing it it was something that I thought was fun so I had to take classes at uh, the College of New Rochelle and they were pr pr primarily education classes and they were dull and boring and most of them weren't art Related, They were just the history of education and things like that. Just whatever. I remember having to take a library course or something. I don't even know how that ties in. Or research class or something. I don't even remember how that ties into education. But they were all labeled, you know, EDU classes. So, um, the one class I had... This one I remember pretty well, too, was another teacher who probably, to me in my mind, looks exactly like the dean, maybe it was, but sort of that stern-looking, serious glasses, gray hair lady who's just looking at me. Um, and I had this class, and there was, all of us were in the classroom at our desks, and she was like, we're going to do role-play today. We're going to do role-playing. I was like, okay, role-playing. She's like, you guys are going to be middle school students. And I was like, cool, I can, I can do that. <laughs> and she's like, and I'll be the teacher, and we're gonna, I'm going to go through a lesson with you. So she gave us all paper, and we had a pencil or whatever, and she was like, fold your paper paper in half. Now fold your paper again in quarters. Now fold it one more time. So we had all these little squares after we unfolded our paper. She's like, today we're going to talk about line and all the different lines there are. And I was like, oh my god, this is boring for anybody. Forget about a middle school student. She's like, oh, in the first box, I want you to draw a type of line. And I was like, a type of line. So I guess I just drew a couple straight lines or whatever, figuring that's what she wanted. Then she's like, okay, time's up. We're going to do the second box. Draw more lines. And at this point I was like, what kind of lines are there? I'm like, well, there are telephone lines <laughs> so I, I do some telephone poles and some lines and so now this was kind of fun and oh this is getting interesting I, then she came she said okay that time's up for that we're gonna do the next one and she was like I draw another type of line and I was like well there are clothes lines I could draw like so I drew like this line going across with like some shirts hanging little clothes pins time's up draw the next line in the next box and then I was I was running out of types of line I think at that point so I was a lion I was like lion I'll draw a lion so I drew a couple of lions at this point she's walking around the room looking at the students art I guess like any good art teacher would do and when she got to my 
desk uh she looked down and i think she was horrified instead of seeing the you know she wanted lines curvy lines zigzag zigzag lines you know different types of lines she saw telephone lines and lions and all this and she reprimanded me in front of the class she called me out and i felt like a seventh grader i felt like i was just getting reprimanded by my teacher and i just kind of i acquiesced and i started drawing the lackluster zigzag lines that you know she wanted and <laughs> i can say that i <laughs> I can't, I can't say I excelled. I'll be straight up honest. I can't say I excelled at any part of my my New Rochelle experience, but I plotted through it because I had an end goal, and I knew if I could get through these 15 credits, I would do that, and uh, and I did. I got through my 15 credits, and I, I, my, te my student teaching is even really sneaky. Um, the School of Visual Arts offered it uh, as a class on Saturdays, and it was like... Um, there was two big rooms, these big studio rooms, and one they had elementary school, and the other one they had uh, high school and middle school. And we there was like maybe uh, fifteen kids and the students in the class, me being a student, uh, art education students, uh, and we would go in, and each week we would take turns having to write lesson plans. So they'd break us into two groups, so like maybe there were seven student teachers in one and seven in the other, and and two of them would be in charge of writing you know a lesson plan for each, and we would be assistants, and then finally we would get our turn to do it. And then after the class, the kids left, then we'd have a critique and everything. It was a great way to do um to do student teaching without having to actually give up my day job which i was already student teaching as a teacher aide you know getting in school experience doing that so it really worked out great anyway i i i got through it i finished everything and i, I applied for you know took the took the exam and then i decided i would move to north carolina i wanted to get out of dodge and i i just wanted to get out and i wanted to get a job and i wanted to start teaching and, and this was in the 90s, and, and New York was not hurting for our teachers at that time. I mean, I, met, I went to one interview, and I was informed there were 70 other people had applied for that position. So you can imagine it was some fierce competition. And for a teacher right out of school who had no experience, I had no chance of being hired. Let's be honest, who was going to hire me? Um, but my older brother had taken part of this sort of great Southern migration. Uh, he had left... New York and had moved to Raleigh, North Carolina. And I was like, hmm, that sounds interesting. And he invited me to his home, his new home for Easter. So uh, I drove down and I discovered that North Carolina did need teachers <laughs> and New York did not. So um, in, in June of that year, uh, I, I left and I had just enough money to survive the summer. And, and my wife and I, we moved to Raleigh and we, we, we had we had enough money for th for three months of rent even though we got jobs uh, she was working at retail and I was working at a bagel store cooking bagels but that was enough to pay for food and such and I knew that one of two things was going to happen I was either going to land a teaching job in those three months and being that it was summer it was a time to apply or I was not going to land a teaching job and I would go back to New York with my tail between my legs um, and in the and I applied to a few jobs and but there weren't a lot. And then in, in, in the second and a half, about two and a half months into this, when I was about a half a month away from, from retreating, um, I got an interview in Sampson County, uh, North, North Carolina. Now, South in, <laughs> Sampson County, North Carolina is pretty far away from Manhattan, New York City. <laughs> For one, the population of New York City at the time was, I don't know, 9 million. And the population of Sampson County was 2,500. Actually, when I worked at Apex High School, the population of Apex High School was 2,600 at its peak. So we actually had more students at Apex High School than were living. All the people were living in the Sampson, in, in Roseboro-Salenberg area. It was the town of Roseboro-Salenberg is where it was. Not of all Sampson County. Not that there's a lot of people in Sampson County either, but... Uh, but so I went to the interview 
and I, I didn't know what to wear, so I just went out, and I'm, I'm kind of a colorful person, and I got these big, red, thick suspenders, because I just thought they were cool, and I had a, probably a red tie on, and a white shirt and everything, and I went, and I did great interviewing for them, and I just, I was just on point. You know, sometimes you're just so on point, and the principal I was working with, and her name was Miss Royal, she was she was a great principal and and she was just impressed with me um because i just had all the answers and and i and then she was like well you know it was great to meet you and all this stuff you're gonna be hearing from us and i walked out and i got out of the parking lot and i was like i just like let all this air like just relieve like i felt like a tire just like i just deflated out in the parking lot and i was just ready to get in my car and miss royal comes out she's like mr sands can you come back in just for one minute and she brings me back in to meet the superintendent of school she's like i want you to talk to the superintendent so he starts talking to me well i had let everything go at this point so i was like a babbling idiot i was like blah, 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 blah. i couldn't answer the questions at all i was i was just sounded like i must have sounded so horrible and I, then i left that and i was like these people are never going to hire me but I did get a phone call and I did get the job and I found out the reason I got the job and probably the reason she brought me back in was to show these uh, prim proper people from Sampson County that this crazy New York boy came in wearing these big red suspenders it probably didn't matter what I said <laughs> looking back on it now so I worked there for several years, which was pretty fun, um, I got I got to do all the fun things because I was the only other male teacher uh, in the school. All the most of the teachers were females. So one day the principal calls me and she's like, "Mr. Sands, you don't know anything about football. Have you ever coached football?" And I was like, "No." And she's like, "Where are you gonna now?" And I'm like, "What?" She's like, "Well, you're the only other male teacher, and we need an assistant football coach. So you're it." So I had to learn to. F I never played football. I'm an art student from New York City. I have like, like yellow hair, and you know when it's naturally brown, it's dyed. It's time that was really wacky back then you know i'm this guy with like you know I, I didn't i didn't play football let's just go with that um but i did i learned real quick there was a lot of football down here and i just i listened to games on the radio when i was driving and i would i get the playbook and i'd study it and i'd watch i started watching football on tv just so i could learn and i and i did that i, I taught middle school i taught up 400 kids a year uh, grades six through eight and i had about the same amount of money <laughs> in my budget, which was about $400. So each kid I spent about a dollar on. But my principal again was really supportive and often she'd take me to the supply room and we'd raid it. <laughs> but um, it, it was fun, but that lack of supplies really forced me to be creative. So I took real... A, you know, advantage of everything I could come up with, including technology. We had just gotten some computers in there, and computers back in the 90s weren't very much, but they had these little drawing programs, which were like <laughs> like what Space Invaders looks like, and I would take the kids there, and the media center had video cameras, so I decided I would establish a weekly news program called Good Morning RSMS, Roseboro, Sandberg Middle School, and each week I'd have my classes, one class, I'd pick one class, and they'd be responsible for producing the show, and it's just, it was great, because it always worked out, there'd always be some kids who were like bold and upfront and, and they wanted to be the reporters and they wanted to be in front of the camera and there were other kids who liked to write the stories but they didn't want to do anything with the, be in front of the camera or behind the camera and other kids wanted to run the camera and the other kids wanted to create the set designs so they'd make set designs they'd go out they'd write the stories they'd come up with ideas they'd bring it back to me hey we're gonna write this story about this and then we uh, I'd edit the whole thing on Thursday and we'd show it every Friday with the in-circuit TVs throughout the whole school and it was a super a lot of fun and I, I don't know if I even have any tapes left of that i wish i did not that i could play him because what what's a vcr <laughs> i don't know but but um but anyway but that you know not everybody was happy with what i was doing i remember one time we, we took the kids out and did a lesson in sidewalk chalk 
And uh, <laughs> so I, I started, I took the kids out and they had to, they had to create their designs ahead of time on paper and they had a really good designs. They go outside again. I did a lot of collaborative projects and they went out on the sidewalk and did these big sidewalk trucks. So one of the teachers goes into the uh, principal and complains about me. He says, I was teaching the kids graffiti. <laughs> this is the kind of stuff I was up against. And um, I, I taught kids about installation art and I'd have them make installations around the school. And, and one group came up with this idea called the 10 commandments of the lunchroom. And they designed these like 10 tablet shaped pieces of paper with sayings like thou shall not complain about the green baloney and stuff like that. It was really funny. I thought it was funny. You know who didn't think it was funny? The cafeteria workers. <laughs> so back into the principal's office. You have no idea how many times I got called to that principal's office. I had to apologize and I had to take down the art. And I even had a teacher complain about one time because I um I I, I just like had a bad taste in my mouth and I asked one of the students for a piece of gum, I think, and then and that the teacher found out that I had done that and she went to the principal's office and again complained because i was true i can't make this stuff up this is all true it's crazy like sometimes those teachers listen to the, we're all supposed to work together aren't we anyway <laughs> um then my son was born and and i and i and i kind of missed i kind of missed new york not that i missed new york but i was thinking like well we're having a kid um i want to i want to raise my kid you know, with his grandparents and things like that. And my wife kind of agreed. So we decided to go back to New York. And I can tell you right now, once you leave home, you can never go back. So I did, though. Um, again, my friend Kevin came through with a job at Bosey's. And this time they needed someone to work in technology. Um, so I was a technology facilitator for Bosey's. And I would go around to these classrooms again. And this time, instead of working in one classroom, I had many classrooms. And I would bring them whatever they needed uh, technology-wise. So if they needed computers, I would bring one in, set it up. If they needed... Um, applications to run on those computers, which back then was like an Apple with the big floppy disks. I would bring that printers, whatever they needed, whatever they, were, they needed, I would come and help them out with it. And some teachers really loved it and, and would request me to come. And some, you know, teachers didn't, I would have some downtime. And I had a little downtime and, um, and my boss came to me and he was like, um, well, actually, I'm going to back up just a second. My friend Kevin and I, when we had some downtime, we were learning Photoshop, Photoshop 2.0, 2.0. That's how long ago this was. And we were learning it just on the side when we had some extra time. And finally, my boss comes up to me. He's like, do, do you know how to make a web page? And I'm like, what's a web page? I didn't even know what it was. Um, and, and he was like, well, you know, <laughs> again, this seems to always happen to me. He's like, well, you, you know, you're going to learn. <laughs> I was like, why? He's like, you're going to learn because you're the only one who really knows Photoshop very well. And, and we need a web page. So I want you to learn how to make a web page so I went to the store and I bought a magazine uh, that that had an article about HTML and I learned some basic HTML and I made their web page and I loved it it was so much fun so I started making um, web pages on my own and I started learning all kinds of HTML and and programming and JavaScript and all this crazy stuff that was happening in the web is just exploding at the time and there were there were wars between browsers between Internet Explorer and Netscape and new things were happening it was really an exciting time uh, in technology right then and I just got wrapped up in it and the other thing that happened was um, that my wife and I were starting to think that New York wasn't such a great place to live. Uh, so uh, with me wanting to be a, a, a web designer now and, and her thinking, let's get the heck out of New York and go back to North Carolina, I started looking for jobs back in Raleigh and I did land one at Nortel Networks. And to make a long story short about that, uh, 
I ended up working there for several years as a web designer, a web programmer, a project manager, and finally a manager. And then I realized I had gotten so far away from art <laughs> that I wanted to get back to web design. I got a job at another small company called Telehealth, uh, where I spent another few years doing interface design, GUI, GUI work, uh, graphical user interface design work. Photoshop, making buttons. You know when you have an app and you click on those little colorful buttons? Well, someone makes those, and it was me. I'm the guy who made those buttons. Now, if you ever thought you needed to have purpose in your life, then you're probably like everybody else. And I truly need purpose in my life. And not that there's not purpose in making buttons, but I did find myself asking, what if I died, who would care that I made these buttons? And you know, it, it's not that there's anything wrong with making buttons, it just wasn't for me. There was something missing in my life and I wanted to get back to that. And that was a big part of what was going on. Another thing that was going on that was very important to my life was hockey. I had started playing hockey. Actually what happened was I started taking my daughter to figure skating lessons when she was very little. And at the time I would take her to the lessons, it was during a public skating time and she would practice with her coach in the middle and I would get to skate around the outside for free while she took her lesson. And then I would take her home. Well, one day she decided she did not want to do that anymore. Like most five-year-olds don't want to do things like that anymore. And I still wanted to do it. So I said to myself, self, you're either going to have to take figure skating lessons or find another kid to take figure skating. But when I was at the rink, I remember seeing a sign. There's always a sign in life, isn't there? And the sign said, introduction to hockey classes and I was like you know what I'll just sign up for an introduction to hockey class that'll be fun that'll keep me on the ice for a couple of weeks so I took the class and I loved it and and I, I wanted to be a goalie at the end of the class and so I started getting some goalie gear and then we would do these little practice games and and these guys were not very good so I didn't I had no trouble stopping the puck and I said to the to the guy teaching the class I was like do you think I could get into one of those rec leagues he was like oh yeah you could definitely get on a C league team so I became a jackal that's right I was a jackal we won two championships don't laugh and I got a hat for one and a t-shirt for the other so yes I am a champion hockey hockey player hockey goalie and in fact I am semi-pro because I did not have to pay because I was the goalie where everybody else had to pay so that makes me professional when you don't have to pay it's like getting paid because you would have had to pay and that so there you go something you didn't know about me so yes that was a very important part of my life and I would have games on Wednesday nights and they were very important to me I needed to win those games and for the team we were a team and we were going to win the games and, and win the championships as a jackal so I'm working at this place in Raleigh and <laughs> there's a movie called Office Space and if you've ever watched the movie Office Space there's a line in the movie where the guy goes uh, the main character Peter Gibbons and he, he has this pointless paperwork job that he has to do and they're always coming in and being like uh, har he's harassed all the time by his bosses because he doesn't put his TPS covers on his reports he doesn't put the covers on his TPS reports so his bosses will come and harass him and at one point he's getting interviewed by somebody and he says I have got five bosses <laughs> and 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 he, his biggest point in life was not to get he just wanted to do enough work to not get harassed by his five bosses and that was what my job was I had like five bosses everyone was coming to me having me do some, something else um, <laughs> and and my sister-in-law had also told me at one point 
when you're working in, because she worked for an RTP company as well, and she said, you know, you're going to have good managers and, and you're going to have bad managers. And when I first started working at the company, I had a really good boss, but he left. And then I had what I would call a not so good boss, a bad boss. Matter of fact, he was a bad boss because he was just, you know, good bosses want to bring you up and they want to raise you up and have you do good things. And bad bosses want to squash you down because it's a power trip for them. And some people are like that. And it's sad. Uh, and I'll give you an example of it. I went to work one day when I was very sick, but there were buttons to make. So I decided I would go. And you know, you're supposed to work till 530, but I had a fever and I had done all my buttons for the day. So at 515, I decided to leave and I'm walking out the back door towards my car and my boss sticks his head out the door and he's like, uh, where are you going? And I'm like, he knew I was sick. And I'm like, I'm going home. I'm sick. He's like, look at his watch. He's like, well, like he hesitates and I'm standing there in the parking lot waiting for his response. He's like, well, I guess you don't feel good, so that's okay. I'm like, hell yeah, it's okay. I'm getting out of here, dude. So anyway, that was the kind of head button we had to go through. Um, but I was doing a lot of work there, and, and, and some of it required educating people on how to use our systems. So I got called into the office by my boss, and he said, I want you to fly to Chicago. And when you get to Chicago, I want you to train somebody. And I want you to go on Monday, and I want you to stay all week. And I never stayed all week for training. Um, because I could basically two reasons I could do the training in two days because it wasn't that complicated and then I could come home on Wednesday and because I had a hockey game right so I, I said to him there's there's no reason to me for me to go for for a whole week I usually just go for two days so why don't I just go for two days and I'll come back on Wednesday and he's like no I want you to go for the whole week and I'm like that's not really you know a good idea and he was like well that's I'm telling you if you don't do it you can either do that or you can bring me your resignation I think he just wanted to get rid of me but uh, I went to HR about it and uh, <laughs> said he's threatened to fire me and I think he's wasting the company's money because I can do it. And uh, and I kind of won. <laughs> I won and I got to go to Chicago and I went to Chicago and I trained the guy and I trained him. He was super smart. I probably could have had him doing it in one day, but I trained him the two days. I came home that Wednesday and, and I played a hockey game and I think we won. Now, all this time, I'm going to back up a little bit. I wanted to find my purpose and I would sit there and be like I can't make these buttons but I, I remember I used to really like teaching I used to really like teaching I used to really like teaching so I just started like looking on the Wake County site looking for jobs and and looking for jobs and you know kind of thinking about it and <laughs> I saw a job at this this school Apex High School and I was like I live in Apex that's like two miles from my house and they wanted somebody who could teach computer graphics and I'm like I could teach computer graphics I've been doing Photoshop since 2.0 and uh, they need somebody who would teach experience and I can do that so here's what happened I happened to just forward them my resume a couple weeks before this incident with my boss and it just happened to turn out that they gave me a call that Monday when I was in Chicago and said hey can you come in and I said you know what I'm in Chicago but how about Thursday and they were like that'd be great and I was like I'll see you then so I went to Chicago on Monday. I trained the guy in one day. It took two days because they made me do that. I stayed till Wednesday. I came home on a plane. I went directly to my hockey game, and I'm going to say we won. And then Thursday morning, I went to a job interview at Apex High School, and it went swimmingly. And I got the job at Apex High School, and on Friday, I walked in, and I said, you can kiss my... No, what I said was, thank you very much for the job here. I've really appreciated working with you and your time here, but uh, it's time for me to move on. I'm going to give you a polite two weeks notice. And... Uh, and after those two weeks at five o'clock, I walked out the back door and I never looked back and I got the job. 
at Apex High School. And the rest is sort of history. I went on to teach there for 10 years, uh, and then I went on to teach where I'm now at the uh, South Brunswick High School, and I'm very happy doing it. And I really feel like, you know, I'm not going to, not to toot my own horn, but I've had the opportunity to make purpose, to have purpose, and to make some changes in students' life for the positive every chance I could. And hopefully for some teachers who've listened to my podcasts or read any of my writings, my ramblings, maybe it's helped you too. So maybe I've got some purpose there. And if not, if you're ever in a hospital and you have to use an application and there's a button, you know, maybe I made that too. So that's it. Have a great summer, y'all, and go make some artists.